A one, a two, a three. Off the pill, off the pill, we're putting a baby inside of her. Off the pill, off the pill, don't cry out loud. It's a sad one. <laughs> it is a sad one. This has been one that we've been wanting to tackle for a while, but it hasn't felt right. And then today, it felt right. It felt right. Yeah. So I'm Casey. I'm Kat. This is Off the Pill Podcast. And today's going to be a sad one. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about depression. And especially about how the process of conceiving and depression all cycle together and then sort of snowball a little bit, right? Is yeah. that how, you, how it's been? I, I mean, think so, yeah. I know we've t- talked a little bit around it off the pod, <laughs> but um, yeah, what, what, what about this was so important that you wanted to share your story? Yeah, so I have depression, clinical depression. So I've been on medication ever since. So my dad got sick. He passed away. Um, about not quite two years ago, a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And so after that, I had, I really like had a very difficult time in that recovery process mm-hmm. and ended up being diagnosed with depression and started getting medication, which was, um, really helpful. And medication helped me a lot. And then I went to my doctor and I was like, Hey, I want to have a baby. And she's like, great. You can't be on that medication anymore. Oh my God. Right. That's just, why, when something just starts to work, then does that have to happen, right? Like, Well, and ironically, I was like, I don't think I'd be ready to have a child if I wasn't on this medication. Right. Because I was not in a headspace. Like, it was only after I was starting to feel like a normal human again that I was like, oh, hey, I want to have a baby. Yeah. So then we had to switch. <laughs> now, was there something in regards to that particular kind of medication or what what is what was the conflict so so it was so it's an ssri Mm -hmm. which i'm still on Mm -hmm. by the way but like the specific ssri had less data on it um with respect to pregnancies but none of them have great data because we can't test on people because you know we don't want to test on people who are pregnant we don't want we don't want anything to bad to happen so we don't have a lot of good data so all the data is like on mice whoa and the the problem being that it causes problems with the baby right oh no yeah do do you know what kind of like so the there's sort of two scary zones the first is like during the conception i guess there can be some potential issues wow and then the second is um in the third trimester Mm -hmm. the baby could have um trouble like basically getting off the medicine whoa yeah oh my god yeah so even if i do get pregnant i'll probably have to go off my antidepressants in my third trimester right yeah but then you're getting all these other hormones anyway like that's gonna just be yeah i know everyone just has to strap in for those three months of just like whatever casey needs give it to her (laughs) right like that and not that that would solve depression of course but like i mean what a like like what a hormonally difficult time i know yeah so i I switched my, I went off the pill and switched my antidepressant at the same time. And it was a bad idea. Sure, sure. (laughs) Like it was very bad because I was just, just not in the right headspace for anything. And that I ended up not even being able to stay on that one. Yeah. But like, I don't know. And, and so I'm, I'm still worried about even just conceiving while on it. Mm -hmm. So then it's like this whole other issue that I'm dealing with that I don't want to like hurt the baby sure and now can you speak towards and I not that I am claiming that you are a mental health professional in this way I'm only speaking from your own experience and ask you these questions but like when someone is diagnosed 
clinically depressed and and prescribe something, is that a forever prescription or do you eventually get off of it? And when I like, yeah, because I, I think what we've talked about a little bit is that yours is kind of tied to like grief and everything. So is that part of it? I don't know. Set the landscape as someone who is like, yeah, doesn't so I know. Don't, yeah. I don't think it's a forever necessarily. Yeah. But it could be a forever. So when my doctor prescribed it to me initially, she was like, let's see if this is just the reset that you need. Right. Um, And it was. I felt really good after. But then when I switched to a different one because I went off the pill, I then went really low. Yeah. Like immediately. Wow. So... It, I don't know. I mean, now I'm like scared to go off it. I probably will in my third trimester. But I talked right. to my doctor a lot and I was like, okay, how many women do you know that are like on antidepressants while. Okay, do you hear my dog barking? Yeah, I don't think, I don't know if the mics will pick it up though, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. Well, yeah. Um, so, how many people do you know that are on antidepressants while they're trying to conceive? And she said that there's only, of all the doctors that she knows, only one of them doesn't prescribe antidepressants. And she was like, and she won't prescribe anything while you're trying to conceive or pregnant, like wow. literally nothing. Wow. So, that made me feel better. And also, she said that, um, some physicians will prescribe antidepressants to women who are trying to get pregnant because stress and anxiety are such a big thing in trying to get pregnant and like a lot of women will have anxiety and that will prevent them from getting pregnant right so that the antidepressants can help with that wow yeah but then they can it can help you conceive but then you have to be then kind of taken off of it right away i don't know or at least by the third trimester at least by the third trimester yeah it just reminds me that there is so much in medical science that still is just like well, we're figuring it out. Like, we're not quite 100% there. And no one can really say with full certainty. And it's, of course, like you just trust your doctor's opinion at some points or what they've researched and found to right. be true. So yeah, like my doctor said, it's safe. So I'm going to trust that it's safe. But right. like, I'm still nervous about it. Right. Because I don't want to mess anything up. But, but then it's like, so there was, um, oh, gosh, I'm going to misquote this. But wasn't there, there was something else Oh, God, I'm going to grossly misquote this. So at least I can like (laughs) this. Okay, so there was something that was there was a a vaccination or there was something that was given to women in like the late 80s, early 90s. And it it, when they ended up getting pregnant, it made their babies have little lobster hands like fused hands. And so there was like a, a quick, a very quick outburst of a lot of children like born with like these claw like hands. Um. And I just remember my mom telling me this because we were on an airplane once and I I think inappropriately asked her as like a child, like, why does that child have claw hands? And she's like, well, there was this vaccine. And so I remember researching it later. I was like, was that a real thing? Like, it was like one of those weird things that came to me in the middle of the night. I was like, lobster claws, Wikipedia. And it was like <laughs> that, that they had no idea. But then as soon as it wasn't until there was this like crop of children all born, were they able to like rectify it? And so then like they were able to like get oh, better on it. So what I'm trying to say is that like there could be anything. Right? Like there could could be be so many things that... Well, the good thing is that these particular antidepressants have been on the market for a very long time by now. So if there was anything that was like really, you know, like obvious like that, that would have been caught just because enough women have been prescribed it while they're pregnant that that like you would have that sort of data. It's just that there aren't any like studies that are really looking at that because then you have to sign up women who are willing to be part of a study and like a control group and all that kind of stuff. And, and we don't, we, you know, we just don't do that because for all these ethical reasons. 
Now, this made me very scared, too, when it came to my coming of age, when, like, the Gardasil vaccination first came out. Because, like, our generation was, like, one of the first big crops of, like, people to really get that. And so I think I don't that, think I got Gardasil. You never got the Gardasil? It was pretty much it, right at the time that I went to college. They were pretty much, like, you have to do it. And from my standardized patient work that I do, where I go and pretend to be sick and I talk to nurses all day, now it's, like, one of their questions that they, like, pretty much have to ask like if you're in the ages of like 18 to 24 like did you receive it and if not then like we would recommend that you get that so really? like that's that still the another... hpv vaccine yeah okay. yeah i don't think i got that you must have opted out then well i remember it was like i'm a little older than you but it was it was a right around that time really yeah because i remember that i feel like i remember the commercials but i don't one think less o-n-e-l-e-s-s I want to be one less. I remember, like, I, that's the commercial with the double dutch. Is that the commercial that you remember seeing? Oh, okay. You, what commercial do you remember seeing? I don't remember. I just remember there being commercials. Yeah. Well, I yeah, it was apparently they wanted all the women to get Gardasil. And then I think that was when the lobster claw situation, I think, came up again in my life because my mom was like, you should be careful because. Oh, but that, but just to clarify, we 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 think vaccines are good. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, and yes, and any of the right, any of, if you're if you're vaccinating a baby, vaccinate that baby. This just made me nervous because it was like such a big push all at once yeah. and targeted. It was at that time it was mostly to young women, right? But now I think they give it to men as well. So well, they should because men carry HPV too. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> So, so, okay. So this is, this is really fascinating because there is so, there is just what a hormonal time all this is anyway. Yeah. And so to feel, so like, did, so you, did you, so currently now, right now the, the trajectory with your doctor is that you will continue to be on this unless something, unless like something changes and you say something or they say something or how do they, yeah how correct. do they ever take you off of an antidepressant without just being like, let's take you off of it and then see how you feel. That's basically how you get off of it. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. So, and like right now I just can't do that because yeah. like, because I was such in a bad place when I was on the wrong antidepressant that if I like try to then go off and part of it too is you, once you get on at least the SSRIs, it takes like weeks and weeks to mm-hmm. get it to like, be to the spot where it's working so you really don't know for like a month if it's actually working so like the whole month that i was on the wrong one was like terrible just wait and see yeah Yeah. it's just figuring itself out and like right now do you know anything about like what this trajectory looks like with like postpartum like and is that an, an issue as well? I don't know, but I think that I mean a lot of women have postpartum depression and i i imagine i'm probably at higher risk given that i have clinical depression right so i would imagine that it would be something that i would have to like worry about but i don't know if i'll still be on the antidepressants or or maybe i would go off them and then if i'm breastfeeding stay off them until i'm done i don't know right but it's like it's just one it's this one other layer that's like oh hey by the way you have a lot of hormones going on right now you're trying to figure out your body but also here's this whole other problem and stress because it's like i'm stressed if i'm on them i'm stressed if i'm not on them right I don't know what to do. And this reminds me just to like to speak truth to power. You are the power. No, speak truth into the power of the <laughs> microphone. But it's like that I think when you're starting your own family, it's inherently tied to this idea of family anyway, right? And so it's like this this time has been tied to the grief of your father. Yes. And like that's something that I personally relate to too, where it's like you there anytime that that is brought up and that whole like think about like 
I can't look at the mall Santa without feeling like an overwhelming like sense of like grief and sadness. And right. so to anytime these like big life milestones start happening, you're like, I want my family too. And so I just, I don't know. I just feel like that's a inherent yeah. thing that is also well, brings sadness as well. Like it's true. I think it brings sadness, but it also was part of the impetus of me wanting to have a kid yeah. because like through that whole experience, it was like, Oh, well, who's with you at the end? Like who's with you and who is important to be around. Right. And you know, my dad wanted to be with his, his children, of course. Right. And like, if you don't have children, that that doesn't mean that you've lived a bad life, but then like who's there and you're going through all these like emotional things when you're experiencing that with your family that like, it just sort of, for me sort of switched my perspective of like, Oh, I do want to have children because I want, for, for many reasons, but one of these is the sense of family. That's so funny because when, what's well, not, f- but it's just so interesting how these things, <laughs> oh, that's the, really, yeah, they're funny. That's, that's so yeah, funny. It's really interesting how uh, that, that spurred that in you because when, when my father passed, I, it made me just feel like, well, I'm never having children because A, it devastated me so much that oh, I was no. like, I was like that. It's like now it's like this giant gaping hole that's like never going to rectify itself. And where I'm just like, I can't listen to the Mr. Rogers <laughs> soundtrack without being broken for an hour and a half. Right. Um, and just like how much you I don't know that it. Yeah, it, it it to be on that other side of seeing that it's it's an it's a it's a weird, very primal human thing yes. to bring life into the world and to see life pass. And I've never seen life being brought into the world, but I've seen life pass. And I'm like. Woo! This yeah. brings, <laughs> brings this all up. Brings up a lot of stuff. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. It's like there's so many feelings that I just can't. I mean, there's no book on this that I've read that's like, yeah. oh, here's why. All, it's the whole like, why are we here? Philosophy. Like that's yeah. really what it starts to get down to. And then you're just like, why am I here? And what is important? And do I want this? And how do I get it? And- right. And like, if it took a village. Maybe I'd be less sad because it wasn't all on this one person. And now we're like decentralizing the home and like yes. unit. And so like we're we're much more dependent on family units of like a smaller size. And so it's like seems so much more monumental than being like affronted with grief all the time and seeing the ta- the passing and the birth of life and so the cycle of life. So right. it gets me tripped the fuck out. That's all I can think <laughs> about is that it's like it, it makes me tripped out and it makes me very sad yeah. and yeah it makes me sad too but it also i think it's it's good because it's it's a good perspective yeah. to be able i mean not having to go through loss is not good but like having the additional perspective when i'm starting to have this journey i think it's good because yeah. it's hopefully keeping me a little bit grounded as to like what's important and why i shouldn't get too stressed out because it's all part of life yeah and with that as well like the the part of life that like you don't predict, right? Like there's there's a trajectory that you think you're going to have. And in my head, I always saw that if I if I had children that like m- they would meet, know their grandparents. And I like I'm mm-hmm. just so worried that like being younger and like losing a parent feels different than like people where I'm like, wait, I thought you're they're supposed to live until you're like 45 or 50 and then your parents start to die. Like to have them pass young feels really like off the track of like what life looks like. So I'm like, well, if we're off the track there, even more reason for me to never have children I think so just, I just like it's just interesting what it spurs you to think and feel yeah. because it is such a central part and I, I think that there's a lot of choices that are based off of that moment in my life that I can track back to where I'm like well now I'm doing this or now I have to do this or like chase this dream now versus that dream because life is so short and so for sure like dealing with your own mortality yeah I think is really part of it and yeah. I think definitely part of why I wanted to have a kid and part of why I want to do it now because I'm like I'm, I'm in my 30s. Yeah. 
I'm not going to say exactly how old I am. <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, not, I'm not a spring chicken, as they would say. <laughs> you know, and like, so there's, yeah. there's a limited amount of time before I couldn't have kids. Right. And like, I'm already older than my mom was when she had me and I was her youngest of four children. <sighs> well, that was a whole different time, too. I know. You could buy a house working part-time at the grocery store back then. So like, I, n- n- we're all fucked now for the economy anyway. So that's, true. that's why you have to vaccinate your kids and fuck the economy, the whole thing, <laughs> moving, moving towards some big ideas that, um, yeah, I would love to ask like how, and feel free, we can, you can say as much as you feel comfortable, but like, what do you, what do you think when you, you and Ben have a child, how are you going to like share the story of your dad? Oh gosh. Uh, you know, I think it'll be in a lot of little stories. Yeah. I think. Well, I mean, I'm sure that my mom will share stories and stuff too. Um, because, you know, she I can see her doing that with my um, current nieces and nephews. You know, she always says like, Papa loves you and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, just like that reminder. But the thing that I remember most about my dad and that I really loved about my dad were his like crazy stories. Yeah. And so I think I would just really try to share those stories with my child and like I know you didn't know this but Papa he was he was a rebel and like you know kind of going through some of my favorite stories that he would always say to me I I love that and I I, it becomes so much more real and you have such an almost closer understanding with your parents because I think about when they would tell stories of my grandparents that I didn't really know it felt so far away and now Mm -hmm. I'm like oh wait it was much closer than I ever thought and just hearing those stories and how like important those stories are now with that hindsight perspective as well so that's gorgeous yeah I love that Uh, yeah I mean I I would that's a thing like I really want to I want to be able to share those stories and I that was so sad with when my dad was sick because he was he was sad that you know my nieces and nephews the ones that were very young might not remember him right and I'm here thinking like you won't even get to meet my child you know which is just like a whole other sadness yeah Man, Lizzie, you were right. This is a sad episode. I, we had to, we had to get there. We had to, we had to. We yeah. promise we won't all be like this. But no, this was but like it's important to talk about yeah. because it's all part of it, and that's yeah. it's it's one hundred percent what I'm going through right now, and part of this process, and part of every single moment when I'm thinking about having a kid. Like it, it would be crazy to think that this stuff wasn't in my head because it it always is. Yeah, and and being in that unique position where your partners parents are both still alive right Mm -hmm. and so I think that sometimes carrying just the burden of that grief is a lot too where it's like the person close to you can't necessarily share in that yet of like what that feeling is like which I don't want them to have to share oh no of course not no oh my god no 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 well and I just because I feel the same way where it's like Sean's parents are both still alive and so I'm like you don't understand why I'm sitting in a pile on the floor like crying to the (laughs) Mr. Rogers soundtrack that was how my Sunday evening was spent was I was crying to the Mr. Rogers soundtrack uh so like sometimes it just comes up in those weird ways that you're like it comes up all the time the number of times that I just have random cry fits yeah like at a coffee shop because a song came on or some story like there's a million songs that I can't listen to anymore yeah. Or if I'm listening to him, it's like, it's because I'm going to cry right now. Yes. I was hate watching a um, a video compilation of uh, someone that I don't know from the internet's wedding. So so this is like <laughs> somebody that I, I know tangentially on the internet because we're in a similar Facebook group. And so I've seen a lot. And so I've like watched her wedding video and I was hate watching it because I've like built up this whole persona of her. And I was like, boo, boo. And then it was the moment where her dad saw her in the oh. wedding dress. And I'm like, <laughs> and I just instantly started crying. And I was like, why? I was like, I was hate watching this a moment ago. Yeah. And then why is it all here right now? So ah. yeah, it's, it's hard. To, it's weird. Those little things that ping. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah i and and yeah 
to not be able to share that it's sometimes so hard. Sad. So I mean, I feel sad for you. I feel sad whenever I have see the daddy daughter dance now oh. at like a wedding, because, and I can't even imagine oh, the daddy daughter dance at the uh, wedding. <laughs> <laughs> but it's part of it. Luckily, yeah. I am very lucky that we have a beautiful community member who is our shared friend who is going to stand in on that day and do it with me. That's nice. But it is not. It is. It is still not easy to yes. approach that moment because I knew I was going to cry if it was my dad. Right now, it's not, and so it's yeah. yeah. So it's it's hard. It's a, it is a it is a beautiful journey, and then when you have this baby, and you're probably going to see your dad in this little baby's face, and like that's going to be like this cool little gift too. That's like the genes are probably going to run strong, and you're going to find little things out right that are I like know. the baby keeping life going on. I so. Hope so you know, it's funny. I um so I don't think I look very much like my dad. But I have um, what I refer to as chicken legs, okay, okay, which are like my calves are about the same size as my ankle. Like okay. I don't, I don't have calf muscles. Sure. And my dad was the same way. Oh, <laughs> he, had, yeah. he had the most chickeny chicken legs, and I got those from him. So when that little baby is waddling around that little tiny diaper, <laughs> and you just see those little chicken legs, that, that's gonna be him. Like I know, I'm here, Casey. Yeah, exactly. Check out those chicken legs. Am I right? Yeah. Right? I hope. I hope the baby has pudgy everywhere but if they have a little bit of chicken legs it would be fine that's so beautiful <laughs> i can't i can't wait to meet them me too i can't wait but yeah. not yet because i'm still not pregnant but soon we're, <laughs> we're bringing so much life to them already before we even get a chance to meet them yes. so yes oh i made an acupuncture appointment oh good yes so i'm gonna get that next week so we should be able to talk about it fantastic i'm really nervous but i'm excited yes and um i found the story that I was going to tell you from a listener. Oh, yes. So we were talking about surprises just now. So this was a surprise uh, pregnancy. Oh, perfect. This is a positive note to end things on. On other sad topic of conversation. I know. I know. But this one will be a happy one. Oh, good. And um, very exciting. So our listener is Dustin. Hi, Dustin. Yay. um, She's awesome. I actually just ran into her the other day, too, um, after she had sent this in. And she was telling me her birth story, like when she was giving birth to her child. Oh, wow. And I was like, listen, you got to save that for after I'm pregnant because... um, right now it's a lot but I want to be able to share that <laughs> but you know right now I could turn back that's right is that was it a lot m- mental picture wise or it was a lot yeah yeah, yeah there was a lot of, of pain and oh yeah. um yep you yeah, know yep okay we don't need it yep yeah yeah no but I told her that I, I would love to hear the story yeah and maybe when we're closer when you can't turn back. Yeah. yeah. We're yeah. gonna get into those we're gonna get into those birth stories I want yeah. all of them I want all the gory details oh but I just don't I'm gonna want need them to take yet. a drama mean or something before that episode because that's I'm, I'm gonna get a little nauseous. I'm gonna just like blurp, real fast, blurp it out. That's all right. So what? So this was her story of how she conceived her daughter. How she conceived her? Yes. Okay. Okay. So she conceived her daughter um, at a farmhouse in North Dakota oh. after driving almost straight from San Diego, or it could have been somewhere in Wyoming. Oh. But the crazy thing is, she was on the pill. What? Yeah. So she was on the pill for six years without getting pregnant. And then there she is, 10 days into her road trip across the country. And she got pregnant. And by the time they were driving home, she was... um, feeling nauseous at the gas station from like the diesel fumes and she was eating entire sleeves of crackers and then a week later she didn't have her period um and she was pregnant 
Wild. That is an American-made baby. Mm-hmm. That is from sea to shining sea, baby. Yes. Wow, that's so cool. I know. And she also gave me a little tidbit about her dream. So she had a dream that she was walking on a beach with a little girl oh. um, like before she took the test. And then she also had a dream just before her 20-week ultrasound that she was having a boy. But she did have – she had a girl. Wow. Yeah. The dreams get wild. I do I hear know. that the dreams are one of the most crucial parts of the whole. We'll, we'll have to get more into that. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. I know. the dreams are some of my favorite parts. And we'll, so that's a great segue. If yes. you are a person who has given birth to a child or perhaps even gone through like the adoption or fostering process and like you have had dreams about them or like something has like infiltrated your sleeping mind or like we, like anything like that, I would love to hear that. I'm, I, I love a good dream pretend knowing what all the symbols mean and what they could all represent so me too well and this so the last little part of this message is that in her dream where she thought she was having a boy he was a little superman with black hair and blue eyes and a red and blue suit with a big s on it and then she said she she wanted to share that because she thought it was funny that zygotes could be anything even superman oh my god Isn't that so sweet? That's so beautiful. Wow. Yes. Dustin, thank you so much for sharing your beautiful story. That yes. I love that I feel like even closer to her now because of that. I That's know. awesome. I love it. And I love to hear these stories. And it just it gives me hope and it gives me like it makes me feel connected to the you know, yeah. the listeners. I love it. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, on an otherwise sad day, I feel like we still found some joy, right? I definitely think so. Always. Although, you know what, Kat, normally you have some sort of crazy quote that's like, <laughs> I'm, you know, dripping in a baptism sure. or... Come uh, bubble, I think was from last week. Bubble. I thought about that. Yeah. I don't... Uh, do you have any... Do you want to just like throw something out? God, n- no. I don't even... <laughs> I wish I, I... I'm truly racking my brain, but I'm like, I got nothing, you know? I I, right. I did cry listening to the Mr. Rogers soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> and then I made, I immediately listened to, there are many ways to say I love you. And then I was sobbing and all I did was like, Alexa, play it again. Like, so I just felt like this like little tiny child baby just like laying in a pile, just being like, I just have to cry this out. And then like by the third time it went through, I was like, well, time for dinner. And just like got oh, up and just like made dinner. So that was my little anecdote of, uh, you know, that. grief, grief finds you. Oh, well, she sneaks around the corner. She grabs you for 30 minutes. And then you're off running for the rest of your Sunday. Yeah, grief is a bitch. She's a real bitch. She's a real bitch. Um, so th- my little funny story for this. So yes. when um, my dad passed away and I was crying just like that night, just like sobbing and I could not stop crying. My mom told me that I was an ugly crier. Woo! <laughs> That is the time. You know, that's if you're already if you're already shrouded in grief, why not just get a little extra grief cherry on top? By the way, (laughs) you're an ugly crier. (laughs) Oh my god. Well, I've never seen you cry, Casey, but um, we'll have to wait and see. Maybe maybe Ben can take pictures during the birth, and then we can finally we'll see whether or not the cry of of birth makes you a beautiful crier or an ugly crier. We'll figure it out. I think my mom was right. I think I'm an ugly crier. pretty crier if you're a pretty crier send us a picture of you crying and prove it to us because i don't believe that it exists so well thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for listening to our beautiful stories of love and pain and grief and happiness we're so happy to share it with all of you yes please send us an email at off the pill podcast at gmail.com and don't forget to think about your parents today (laughs) yes whether it makes you laugh or cry they're all waiting all those memories are waiting there for you i'm kat brown and i'm casey pearlie and this this is is off the the pill. pill